Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers <laughs> over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wow. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you, March 9th, 2023. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Holy X. Cow. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Thursday morning. How's everybody doing? How are you, fellas? Beautiful morning here in Louisville. A little chilly, but nice, uh, nice sunrise to get your Thursday started the right way. Roush, how are you? Um, I'm doing all right. I, um, I want, I, the, the, the kids, it feels like every time one's getting better, the other one's getting sick. So it's, um, yeah, that, that, that part has not been fun as, um, I, I think Frank is getting over an ear infection now too, cause I feel well. So that part's not great. Um, but you know, we're, he, he's a tough kid. We're pushing through. And so it's um it's it's it, it is at least an exciting time of year. A lot of basketball being played, being watched. Um, did you all get any basketball action? And did you did you win any bets yesterday? I did. Didn't yeah. What what'd you win, Scoots? Uh, so I was mainly just live betting yesterday. So I yeah. got a I got a nice little line on the Air Force game, one sixteen and a half. Game goes overtime, they end up scoring like one sixty five. So that was nice and easy. <laughs> and then I took I got Pittsburgh on the live line minus three and a half. So that was really nice as well. End up winning by eight. Oh, I that I had that Pittsburgh on the live line too. Come was, on, that was easy money. Easy yeah. money, yeah. Scooch said he got an abundance of sleep last night. I did. A- abundance of sleep yeah i went over to one of my buddies he had a baby recently so i wanted to meet her so i went over there we ended up just playing pool and and just drinking way too much woodford so i, I think i passed out last night about eight forty-five. it was pretty awesome <laughs> earliest i've been to bed in a long long time i don't have good night sleeps when i've been pumped with alcohol i don't have bad night sleeps period doesn't matter the situation. That's good. I mean, that's 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 great on both accounts. I've always alcohol or without alcohol. That's that that that's great. When I drink a lot, yeah, I may like I may knock out sooner, but it seems like it's not a fulfilling night's sleep. You wake up feeling worse than than mm. you did. I woke up feeling well, great. 
I've, I've heard that sentiment before and I didn't quite understand it. I do more so now, but I also, it's just, um, very rare, like, like the hangovers, like I very rarely drink enough to be hungover and like to actually feel bad the, the next day. It's more of just not a restful night of sleep, if you will, TJ. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 where I, that's where I was going with. But more power to you, Scoots. That that's great. I'm glad you're well rested. That's a big weekend coming up. I know today's Thursday, but it kind of feels like it all starts today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really does have a feel of a Friday, especially TJ. You alluded to the sunset, just or sunrise, just amazing this morning. I wish I still had a window view to look out at it because it was. It's going to be pretty gnarly. Did you all know that this is the is it, I think it's next weekend is our last time we're ever going to change our clocks? Ever? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I thought we had already done away with it, but we're going to spring forward one more time, and then it's it's kaboot, as yeah, you would say. It's on Selection Sunday we do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, so it's this upcoming weekend, not next one? It's this weekend. Wow. So... So talk me talk through this with me. What will that mean for next winter time? Like what time is it going to get light and what time will it get dark in the winter? So we won't fall back. It'll stay lighter in the fall and winter later. Yes, oh, okay. The, the sun will not rise until like 8.30, 9 a.m. But we'll get light until like 6.30 is what you're saying? That's amazing. Correct. I love that. Mm-hmm. Scoot's a fan. Big fan. Big fan. Son scoots up. You'll lose an hour of sleep this weekend, though. Oh, that's fine. I'll probably go to bed at 8 o'clock again and get plenty of sleep as it is. So, no well, you deal. better not be going to bed early Saturday night because we're going to have Big 12 title game. That's true. Yeah, I'll have to stay up for that. <laughs> well, why specifically the Big 12 That's going to be electric. It's going to be well, awesome. Why would that be more electric than, say, the Big East title game? I don't know that it will, but it it will be a great game that I want to stay up for. Man, the Big Scoots East. It... Go ahead. It, it, it produced an electric factory yesterday when, uh, of all teams, DePaul. Did you all were you all around to watch DePaul play basketball last night? I did not see it live. Had a pretty busy day yesterday, but I have since saw it. Although, I will say, what I saw, I had thought it was a, a different result. I, I, saw, I saw the play, I was like, oh, well, that's crazy, crazy way to lose a game. And then later, I was scrolling my phone, I was like, wait a minute, that team lost, I thought. I thought that they, I thought that they had made that call and they had lost. Uh, so I don't know how, what the fallout was of it. I'm going to allow you to detail it for me and our listeners here on Kentucky Roll Call. Part of the, the reason why this, this game got so out of hand, because... Wednesday, you know, if if you tuned in, it's a, to any conference tournament actions. A lot of double digit seeds facing one another. Um, Wisconsin and Ohio State, ten eleven. You know that Wisconsin just tried to dig itself out of a twenty eight point lead. It almost did, but there was a lot of just ugly, ugly basketball being played. But we did have a sneaky surprise with DePaul Seton Hall, where Seton Hall was blowing it for the lack of a better term and you had one of those sort of plays with about a minute to go where DePaul's cuts the deficit to two and they're putting the pressure on Seton Hall you thought there might be a foul while they're pressing 
But the refs are letting him play. There's a loose ball. Ball's on the floor. They're diving around. DePaul ends up coming up with the ball in this crazy sequence and, and has a guy just standing underneath the basket wide open. They throw the lob, and the DePaul guy just – the. He didn't get hung on the rim, but instead of making the layup, he got like blocked by the rim. So there's one two footer that could have tied the ball game. Um, that didn't work. I, I, they end up getting a play for a hook shot. That guy misses it from the underneath out of bounds, um, and they missed another two footer. And he thought, okay, well there was DePaul's chance. You can't be that close and then just blow it. Um, well, they got another chance. Uh, they got multiple other chances. Um, because Seton Hall was dumb enough to foul a three-point shooter. Uh, I admittedly, I think that was like two possessions later. I forget what had happened in the meantime. But in a two-point game, Seton Hall fouled a three-point shooter with something like five seconds on the clock, or four seconds on the clock. Really, really dumb stuff. But the DePaul guy, unfazed, knocks all three down. Seton Hall gets the ball back. One last chance. Can Shaheen Hallway's squad pull away? The win makes it down the court, and initially it's ruled a goaltend as the guy's blocked from behind um, while shooting a layup kind of, you know, four or five feet from the rim, right? It's like a, it's like kind of a runner, but it's blocked from behind. And I didn't, for whatever reason, I thought that if you ruled a goaltending, it was something that, you, like, I, like, I just didn't know if it was reviewable or not. And the ref essentially just said, I'm going to the monitor. Um, we'll count it as a goaltend, but I'm just going to go to the monitor. So there was a mixed reaction on the court. Seton Hall thinks that they won on a goaltending, uh, but then you slow it down and the entire arena at Madison Square Garden's like, man, I don't know. That just looks like a great play. And I think, thankfully, because uh, it, it wasn't clearly, like it didn't bounce off the backboard first. I don't think it was on its way down. I'm glad that the awesome play was rewarded because it was a great block shot by DePaul. And ultimately, the ref gives the the, the Demon Deeks, not the Demon Deeks, the Blue Demons, a, a dub. Does not count at goaltending. Crazy, crazy game in the Big East tournament. Yeah, so I never saw the update of, like, they go, went to the monitor and overturned it. I just saw the, the block, the goaltend call. They put the points for... Uh, for Seton Hall and DePaul is the loser. And then I was scrolling my phone and I saw DePaul had won. And I was like, oh, how about that? But I initially thought it was a great block, like a really, really good block. Because it's Mm -hmm. just a weird angle you don't normally get blocks from. Uh, It just kind of went like almost under and up to swat it away. It was a hell of a play, hell of a game. You mentioned the Demon Deacons. They were part of another buzzer beater today. Uh, that, That was a fun one, getting your day started in the ACC tournament. They knock out Syracuse, and it leads to one of the stranger press conferences you're going to see this March, maybe in the last several years. And as it so often does with weird press conferences, Jim Beheim is involved. And, folks, he is out in a, weird, in a weird exchange with a reporter. He basically says, well, yeah, I gave it in my retirement press conference and speech a few days ago and nobody picked up on it except for you know so and so and uh blah 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 and a reporter was like wait so you're retired and then he started kind of playing the 
I don't know. Am I? Are you? Are we? You're asking the wrong person these questions. And ultimately, it was a weird, awkward interaction where he basically was saying, it's not really up to me what's coming next, but you guys are probably going to hear something soon. And what mm-hmm. what we don't know, but we can assume, is that Jim Beheim didn't want to retire. I don't even know if we don't know that. I think we do know that. I think it's pretty clear. Jim mm-hmm. Beheim didn't want this to be his last year at Syracuse, but the people at Syracuse just said, dude, we cannot do any more of this. This will be your last year. We don't want to fire you, This, but this is just going to be your last year. So they came out with a statement basically saying as much, thanking Jim Beheim for everything, and uh, that they were going to announce their new head coach, who was a former Jim Beheim player and a longtime assistant at Syracuse, and that was that. Was that. So Syracuse has a new coach already after 47 seasons. It is no longer Jim Beheim, and it's Adrian Autry. And that's... That's why, like, it's already over. Like, it already happened. Like, yeah. reaction time. Don't, don't, we don't even need to, to wonder what will happen or what could happen. We already know it. It's already over. Syracuse has closed the door on a 47-year head coach, longer than our lifetimes, and they already have a new coach. So what could have been probably the best open job on the market, I, I don't actually think that's even all that debatable, despite Syracuse falling on harder times as of late. It's already, it's already, they've already filled it. Yeah. They fall into this trend of idiotic coaching hires (laughs) where you're just not like hiring the best available candidate. You're just hiring something, somebody that makes somebody feel good, whether it's Jim Beheim, whether it's some people in the Syracuse athletic department. But Syracuse, you could theoretically, reasonably, go have gotten Rick Patino for the next five years and Syracuse basketball could have been one of the it programs for the just snap your fingers, boom, you're back. You're probably getting 35,000 back in the carrier, not the carrier dome, whatever it's called now. And yeah, you hire Adrian Autry, who could be an amazing coach. I have no idea, but man, uh, thank you to Syracuse and to UofL and to Duke and to UNC and to these other places. Uh, You're seeing how it worked out at Georgetown. Woo, these coaching hires are so head-scratching. And, Roush, one thing I can assure you is it ain't going to be this summer. Maybe it's next summer. But whenever John Calipari does leave UK and UK is going through a coaching search, I'm glad we're not going to do stupid stuff like this. It, the thing is, is if you eventually – if you want to hire that guy, at least do a coaching search to make us think that you consider the other options. Because – it serves no purpose to, to just hire somebody right away. Like when they had Mike Hopkins over there, the, the, I believe he's still at Washington. He had a funny quote too. Like I couldn't be more shocked that Jim Bayham stepping down. I thought that was very funny coming from him, but they had him as a sort of coach in waiting type deal. I don't think it was official, but it was pretty clear. He was the heir apparent when Syracuse was rocking and rolling. Like that, that would have made some, some sense um but i've never heard of adrian autry before now and they're they were terrible this year what makes you think that you need to keep some sort of why why drag out why do you need to cultivate the culture and keep everything as is like no you can just scrap it all and start from scratch because that was 
it's been on the decline and it's been as bad this year as it's ever been. So I, I didn't understand it. I don't know why. Because then, too, the timing of it, you could have at least gotten a head start. I mean, they still let Patrick Ewing be on the sidelines uh, yesterday. And as we've seen at Ole Miss, they're going to end up probably getting the biggest name out of all of this in this coaching carousel just because they had a head start on everybody else and they don't give a damn about they're willing to, to look past any past transgressions. So uh, it, it doesn't make any sense uh, from Syracuse's perspective. I do appreciate, though, that Jim Beheim did exactly what we thought he would do and was just still a curmudgeon on his way out the door, took no accountability for their awfulness and just blamed it on the administration for his retirement. It's like, dude, you've been doing this for 50 years and you stink now. Uh, It's clearly time. Uh, Of course you made the university do this to you, but you couldn't at least have a little bit of, I don't know, gratitude on the way out the door. Of course not. He was just a a weird little commergent all the way to the end. There was the, a fitting ending for Jim Beheim on a buzzer beater to wake freaking forest in Greensboro the place that he hates more than any other place in the world. Yeah, it had to probably be his personal hell. He, he complained about the ACC tournament being in Greensboro or North, anywhere in North Carolina, which actually may be one of his more legitimate gripes. But uh, you have to understand that they're going to have some sort of tournaments there every now and then. And then he loses to the team that just a couple weeks ago he accused of buying, cheating <laughs> during the nil era, which was such a weird rant to even go on. At the time, he had to come out and apologize and walk back some of his statements, and Syracuse did as well. So he loses the conference tournament in a city in a place that he hates to a team that he had just accused of cheating and then has his own school have to be like, yeah, you are done. You may tell people you don't know, but you do know. We know, and you are are finished. Uh, And then the fallout from that, a great job. In college basketball, top 10 program, definitely top 15, but probably top 10 program, uh, they they hire somebody that the casual college basketball fan knows knows nothing about. So, busy day. Busy, busy day there yesterday. Uh, and we do. We need to talk Chris Beard. Ole Miss is moving forward, it, 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 it seems, or at least they're now in the process of doing their due diligence was the latest report I had at least seen. But you could have Chris Beard in the SEC, and at one point a hot name for UK's future opening could be at Ole Miss, which if you would have told anybody that a year ago, a couple years ago, everybody would be very confused as how and why and what had happened. Well. We know what had happened with Chris Beard. He got let go from Texas after some allegations and I guess getting charged, although the charges were later dropped, right? I, Correct. I, I've, I've, lost, I've lost some of the details of this story, but you, you, might, you probably have an idea of the Chris Beard situation, but it seems like you could have him in the SEC. Roush, what do you think of that? If he can win at Ole Miss, then he can win anywhere. I think that might be. I think it might be the, the 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 toughest, most difficult place to succeed, and uh, I, I I am fairly. I mean, he got Texas Tech to a national title game, so if he could do that there, then I think he can make Ole Miss pretty good, pretty competent, which just continues to raise the floor in this league and make it more challenging. You know, I, 
the SEC isn't what it was when John Calipari first showed up, and you could just kind of, I don't want to say every game was a walk in the park, but league is a, a, a lot better than what it was. It makes it more entertaining, but uh, it, going to Ole Miss, going to the Tad Pad, that, that place could be rocking if, if Beard is ultimately hired. I thought he, I thought Ole Miss would lose last night and he'd get hired today, but the, the, the bastards held on for, for one more night. Yeah, it looks like it's going to happen. And you want to talk, John Calipari always talks about the Kentucky effect, but the the John Calipari effect. You look at the league, you look at the coaches across the league and holy smokes, it's a it's a it will be an oppressive group if you have Chris Beard joining the fold and that's just because I think you have this domino effect of seeing Kentucky be so dominant, having such great times and all blue at SEC tournaments and uh, beating a lot of teams, a lot of teams in the SEC, a lot of times, and you saw other schools start to react and say, all right, well, we're going to start investing in basketball. We're going to start putting more money into the program. We're going to start putting more money into our coaching hires. And that started, it was slow. It wasn't like every school just snapped their fingers and made it happen, but there's been this ripple effect where these programs have had a little taste of winning in basketball. And I think probably realized that it's a little bit easier to do it than football. You just need the right coach that's going to be able to bring in a good group of players and bada boom, bada bing, you too can have a fun March run. You too can compete for conference championships where in football it's like, well, you do need the right coach, but how many of the right coaches are around? And then you need to bring in uh, a great 30-man recruiting class, 25-man recruiting class, and then you need to develop those people over the course of several years. And then you you somehow need to get also five and four stars mixed in with this great recruiting class. It's a little harder in football to climb the ladder than it is in basketball. Mm -hmm. I think programs are realizing this and Ole Miss is having a gift potentially dropped into their lap where I, do I personally know Chris Beard? No, of course I don't. Um, I don't know if he's a good person, bad person. I wasn't there in the night where things went down. But he's not behind bars, and we do have a legal system here in the United States. And I think Ole Miss is seeing, hey, we did this on a lesser, much lesser degree with Lane Kiffin, but we got some scrutiny there when we hired him. And uh, we're not we're not above just finding the right people to win. And I don't know. I'm sure they'll probably come out with an investigation, or we did a report on Chris Beard. We interviewed blah, 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 this, that, the other. And we feel like he is totally innocent and valid. There's, there's no wrongdoing and everything, or whatever. I don't know what they're going to say, but they're going to hire this dude. And it's a smart move for Old Miss if they want to be good at basketball. And yeah, add them to the list. Now, I just we'll didn't be- know Old Miss cared enough to go out and get Chris Beard. You know? Now, just like we let's let's do it. Like what Alabama's good at basketball. Auburn has expectations for basketball. A and M has expectations for basketball. Texas is going to be joining the league here pretty soon. Obviously, yeah. Kentucky's Kentucky. Yeah. Tennessee has turned into um, a bit of a somebody you got to watch out for in March. And I think they're probably just thinking to themselves, "Why can't we do it?" South Carolina went to a Final Four in 2017. Florida, just 15 years ago, went back-to-back. These are places that, while Ole Miss has the least amount of history in the Southeastern Conference, it's not like a lot of those places I mentioned before have been cutting down nets left and right. 
So they're probably just sick of being in this basement and they're seeing this opportunity to bring in a coach that's going to be able to bring in players that we do know. And two, he's just a good coach. Like he, he plays a very physical, defensive minded style that wins games when you have the right players in, which yeah. they do. Uh, but Chris Beard and Lane Kiffin in Oxford, watch watch out Sorority Row. Who? Um, it, 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 I am curious at how much blowback, if any, there will be. Because I feel like with some of these hires, you get some initial blowback. But the, uh, the morality police, they only... You only hear from them for so long before people seemingly move on. And I'm sure you'll get a little bit of outrage, but it, it'll it die down and go away pretty quickly. And we'll forget about it until next basketball season rolls around. And you're like, oh, forgot Chris Beard was coaching Ole Miss. And then you might get some slight outrage once again. But for the most part, uh, they're just going to they're just gonna be good. Because uh, to your point about his style, you don't have to have a ton of outstanding basketball players to succeed with. In fact, really, all you need is just SEC athletes, play good defense, have a lot of length, finish at the rim. I mean, it's 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 not the most difficult equation. He's going to figure it out pretty quickly there. Yep, I think he will as well make the league even better and more competitive, which will make just kind of runaway seasons maybe a little bit tougher for Kentucky in the future, but more chances for quality wins, better computer numbers, better resumes, blah, blah, blah. So it's a uh, – but look for that news. I think Roush is right. It probably won't take too long after Ole Miss loses in the SEC tournament. Whenever that happens, they're back in action today. Who they take on? Tennessee? Uh, it sounds right. Sounds I, think they, right. I think they've got Tennessee and LSU's yeah. got Vanderbilt. You got Arkansas and Auburn today as well, and Florida and Mississippi State to set up the quarterfinals for tomorrow. Uh, should be some good basketball action, but most likely Ole Miss's run comes to an end today, and I don't think you'll have to wait long to to hear to hear their new hire. And if I was Chris Beard, there'd be a little part of me. I guess maybe beggars can't be choosers in the position that he's in, uh, in, and money talks, and there is plenty of money to go around in the SEC. But if I was Chris Beard, there'd be a little part of me like, can I do better than Ole Miss? It has been fun since, actually, uh, on January 26th, Beard, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's been about two months since everything kind of went down, and your name's already be thrown around. You may be able to do a little bit better than potentially Ole Miss, uh, which they do have a nice arena. And again, if they if you if you can win there, you will be the guy, and you'll be the guy instantly. And they've got plenty of money to throw around. But he could probably do a little bit better than that uh, if he wanted to be patient. But I don't also blame him for just saying, "I can't believe I am getting considered for any jobs. I'm just going to take whichever one uh, wants me." And it seems like Ole Miss wants him, so. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to talk more basketball. and Whatever you want to talk about on the Thornton's text line, get to Thornton's today and text on into the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Thornton's is delicious. Best way to get your morning started right with KRC and some Thornton's. We'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450. 
Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Time. time to taste the fruits and let the juices drip down my chin. I proclaim this the summer of joy. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. One FM, fourteen fifty AM. TJ Walker and the crash, Justin Kalen. Told the fellas during the break, got the World Baseball Classic on the TV this morning. Japan and China playing top of the seventh. China's China's still up? uh, China's down three to one. They took the early lead, I believe. They did not. They did not. No? I thought I saw a thing on Twitter. They hit a home run and they led. No. No, you're mistaken. Damn it. Uh, Japan was up 3 nothing, so I don't think there was a scenario where China could have been up. And I was watching live when China hit their home run. Oh, maybe that's, uh, what, it, that, maybe that's what it was. China hit a home run to close the gap. That's what it, that, that is correct. I can confirm that. Okay, yes. cool. But, but Scoots, I, I, was, I was wrong. I've never pretended to be a Sweet 16 girls expert, but it is in Rupp Arena. You, it was. There it is, yeah. Pretty awesome. They, they, they definitely were in Bowling Green one year, but maybe they were. Maybe that was like why it was. Maybe that's why I remember it is because people made a big stink about it. That like there, there was one year that it, it wasn't at Rupp Arena or something. So I don't know. I don't know where it is, where it normally is, where it's supposed to be, but it is at Rupp Arena this year, and I was very, very wrong. So uh, apologies to all women. That's just. I mean, that's just the right thing to do. If the boys are playing in Rupp, the girls should play in Rupp too. By the way, did Sacred Heart end up winning? Anybody yes, know? Yes, I, I think they. I think they went on a fifty to twelve run and pulled away. <laughs> the bath checks out. Yes. So World Baseball Classics on. I don't think the Americans play for a couple days. Maybe they don't play till Saturday. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it has started. It is underway. They have a pool in Japan. They have a pool, I think, in Taiwan and or maybe South Korea. One of the one of the, one of the two, and then they have a pool, obviously, in the United States. So, uh, baseball, it's on, and the United States has an absolutely loaded offensive roster. I've, I've been told the pitching isn't amazing, but really, I'm, ex- I'm like out of a scale of one to ten. You could probably consider me a six in an excitement level. I'm sitting here looking uh, at the I'm, roster. You're, you're one, TJ. You're you're excited for baseball right now. I, I like I like. I like the concept of the World Baseball Classic, and I'm glad yeah, that it's kind of catching on. And we haven't had it since 2017. But you're 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 telling me that you're going to watch World Baseball Classic games this weekend during conference during championship week? N- not this weekend. And again, the United States plays Saturday. We're gonna there's too much going on. But like in the slow, you know, once Monday rolls around and you got to wait till nighttime for NIT games. That's one thing that we kind of forget about. While basketball heats up, that's why I like conference championship game week so much. It's because it's every day. Next week, we're going to be Monday during the day. Nothing's on. Tuesday during the day, nothing's on till the evening. Wednesday, the same way. And then, yeah, Thursday and Friday are great. But, like, yes, there there will be some filler. 
It was like when the, you had the soccer World Cup during football season. Yeah, when fo- when real football was on, we were watching the real football. But in the in the time in between, yeah, it was nice to have something a little different on. So that's how I feel about the World Baseball Classic. And I'll be rooting for the Americans to defend their championship. I bet you didn't even know the Americans were the reigning champions, Roush. No. I, I, Pathetic. I, I, I probably... You could have told me they haven't played the World Baseball Classic since 2013. What I would just believe you because I have no, not even on my radar. Do you hate America, Ralph? On my radar. You hate America? No, I hate baseball. Hmm. Uh, sounds like you, sounds like you hate America. So, also, Spears taking shots at TJ for bringing up baseball. I'm that should be me because like who cares? about the World Baseball Classic. Nobody should. It doesn't matter. It's meaningless. It's inconsequential. It's silly, a waste of time. Give me basketball, all basketball, all the time right now. They have stopped the game. It seems like there's maybe a weather balloon flying over this indoor <laughs> stadium. <laughs> the Houston Astros have signed this Chinese baseball team to <laughs> compete in the MLB. Uh, a texter just texted in. China be stealing signs with a weather balloon. Okay, we're 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 on the right we're on the right page here. No, Roush. Obviously, basketball priority numero uno. But I think it's cool when you get the world together for sporting events. Base World Baseball Classic that was invented in our lifetimes, Roush, and it's kind of turned into a cool little thing for the most part. So yeah, I'll have it on, but not when basketball's on. And unfortunately, as much as I wish it was the otherwise, at 7.41 a.m., there is not basketball on. But there is some baseball, some Asian baseball. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You can you can have it on as your background watching. Uh, I, I will. I'm glad I've got yeah. your permission. <laughs> By the way, TJ, I think our pitching is pretty stacked. I mean, it's a bunch of old guys that have been has-beens or kind of has-beens at this point, but... They're pretty good. Give me, give me, give me the rundown. Uh, you got Lance Lynn, uh, Mikolas from St. Louis. The, 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 you're making these names up, Scoots. I'm not. Like you're this, not a baseball is this guy, the right? Key and Peele sketch. You're, you're not a baseball Those, guy. These are real people. You don't know. <laughs> Any more names that are then fake got, that you're just making we, up? We've only got two pitchers. We got Kyle Freeland. He's a pretty good pitcher. We got sure. Yeah, he's so good. Adam Wainwright. Everybody knows who he is. Adam Wainwright. Off a, few, a few names. Here we go. Adam Wainwright. Roush knows that one. Okay, I know Adam Wainwright. That okay. And you he's don't know Miles Mikolas? They play on the same team. No, I, no I wouldn't. Is it St. Louis? St. Louis, correct. How about Adam okay. Ottavino? You know Adam Ottavino. Never heard of him. I, I don't um, know him. Brady Singer. Nope. Um, Kershaw had to dip out because he of an injury, right? Makes sense. Oh, baseball, baseball player being injured? That's crazy. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't an injury. It was his uh, his insurance wouldn't cover it or something like that. What? That's what? Wild. Yeah. Because like, he's crazy. like makes a gajillion dollars, and if he got hurt over there, it wouldn't cover his losses or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. China's yeah. threatening, by the way. I'll keep giving you updates, Roush, as the show goes on. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I, I have a, a, a non-basketball sports story, though, that I think Scoots would really this, – this feels like it would be right up his alley. Um, have you, did, you, did you see the breaking news about Tiger Woods yesterday? Uh, in regards to the golf cart or – No, no, in regards to his, his lady, who's um, – well, his ex-lady. Uh, she no, is 
she's trying to get out of an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, from when they first uh, started dating. And it was a little uh, ESPN banner thing on the headline. Uh, I was like, what do you... So, like, are they together? What's the deal on this? So, I had to dig in further. And my research took me to the place where you get all of the truth. And that is the New York Post. So, um, excuse, you might appreciate this. Essentially, Tiger, he was trying to dump his girlfriend. And she says they had an oral agreement that she could live in his mansion for 11 years. And she'd only been there for four. So what does he do to get her out of the house? He says, we're going to go on a vacation, honey. Pack your suitcase, and I'll meet you at the airport. Well, she gets to the airport, and she's been told that she's been locked out of the house. She can no longer get back in. We're done. Whoa. The old pack your bags, head to the airport trick. We've all been there. He, he, uh he paid for a hotel room and expenses for a short amount of time. And then just was like, yeah, we're done. So what happened to so, the other seven years? She wants $30 million for, <laughs> for those seven years, even though they were not married. Um, it's based on a quote unquote oral agreement. And she wants to do a tell all and get out of her non-disclosure agreement, which Pretty sure would totally defeat the purpose of signing it initially because part of that is not talking trash after you've been dumped. Um, Scoots, is this a way you would break up with your lady if you couldn't get her to move out of your enormous mansion? Uh, absolutely not. No, I, I have a heart. I would find another way to do it. Um, but I'm also not loaded with millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I, I can't even speak to the mindset of Tiger or, or that situation. To be frank with you, because I, I just I can't imagine having to go through that. Yeah, that, that that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like a fun situation at all. You want like you wonder how many attempts were made for Tiger to break up with this woman before it came to this. Oh, like it, it for her to say that she had the right to live there for six more years. You can't dump me. Okay, then I I I feel like the these aren't. This measure might not even be extreme enough to get your point across that it's over. Yeah. And I, I saw <laughs> just a tweet. I didn't click on the link, but it was something along the lines of they're part of the lawsuit is you can't sign an NDA if you're like a sexual assault victim or domestic victim. And so that's part of like what she wants to tell or uh, something along those lines. Uh, or at least, correct, the, correct. at least what they were alluding to. So there's going to be like a legal battle whether or not she's out of her NDA and how much money, if any, Tiger owes her. It's honestly, if you're Tiger Woods, it's just like, can I just, can I go like three years without something? Can I just, can I go a couple of years without, like, I'm, I'm doing, it seems like he's doing his best. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, can we just leave Tiger alone? Let him play golf for the, what, two, three years he's got left on tour? Good grief. Yeah, good grief. It, with Tiger Woods, though, like... wife and then get his old ex-wife beating him up. Like, come on, stop that, guys. We, we don't know Tiger that well, but I think it's pretty clear that he's attracted to a certain type of woman and that um, that certain type of woman is, is probably a lot to, lot to deal with. 
Well, they say he's one of the fiercest competitors in sports. He probably likes a little fire in his woman. A little yep, crazy. Yep. Scooters scooter can, can relate. The, <laughs> there's also just like the the thought of like, I mean, you're in such a different planet where it's just, that's not how relationships work where you just, I'm living here for 11 years no matter what. Like that. that's just not they're on a different planet when it comes to negotiating terms of it's just it's banana land uh you know I don't, maybe there is something to what she wants to allege so we can't completely uh dismiss her for being cuckoo that that's probably bad on my end um but uh, the way that celebrities and some of these other the, the rich people handle their affairs it's just it's so hard for me to comprehend because that's just not how normal people operate Scoots, was there an NDA for the baby contract? Uh, there was not, no. Yeah, if not, he would have been, if there was, he would be violating it by telling that story on the airwaves. That's true. That's only if those women ever found out, and they they don't listen to KRC. Not, How do you not know? Since, not since Trevor left the show. <laughs> uh, Scoots, speaking of golf, players start today. Yes. Fifth major. So really, really excited about that. Yeah, I, I've got a nice little bet on. So I decided a few weeks ago, after I watched Full Swing, that I was just going to go ahead and bet Scheffler, Rory, and John Rahm for every tournament. So I've got my bets in. Hopefully one of those guys win. Good luck to you. I've got, I'm in a little DraftKings pool with some friends. Uh, I've got Scheffler. He was my big fish that I, that I, that I went with. He's the favorite. Always gonna, what's that? He's the favorite this weekend. That's what I like to hear. Well, he's probably the best golfer in the world, so it does check out. I'm on Hovland, too. I think he'll have a good weekend. Um, Connors has been good. Uh, yeah, I think he could finish in the top ten as well. I'm, I, I think my favorite international golfer is Hideki Matsuyama, so I'm, I've got I've got some money on him as well. So should be a lot of fun. Action starts. I think it's already started. I think they've already teed off. Uh, but Roush, are we allowed to watch golf during March Madness? Is that okay or? Yeah, and I, I would actually like to formally complain about the timing of the players. Um, <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, because it's just going to get lost in the sauce for me. I saw people like I, I saw a video of Fleer tweeting and uh, or it was actually on his Instagram where he, he stuck it on the green 20 feet from the cup on the Allen hole again, uh, former caddy champ in that event. But I'm just I'm not going to pay that much attention to it. I just, you know, not, not a lot of bandwidth up there. I'm, I'm trying to be as into the championship week as possible. And once Selection Sunday rolls around, like, it's just going to – maybe I'll have it on for – because, like, the Selection shows right around the time that they're finishing up. So, yeah, it's just – it's it's so it's going to be hard to 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 juggle all those things. So, I'm yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Say the players comes to you all and they give you a proposition. They've got a $50,000 check and you, you're at the Island Green – you have to name how many shots it'll take you to get on the green, but you can't go north of ten. Do you take the deal? So but you can't go north of so, ten. So, so like TJ, so TJ would step up to the tee box and be like, "I can get it on the green in seven shots," and if you do it, you get the fifty thousand. But you said that they're they're going to give you ten. I'm just going to take the ten then. No, you can't go north of ten. Yeah, okay, I, did, so I just didn't know if I didn't know if maybe you were more confident. Like, oh, I could get it on the island green in six shots. No, I mean, I, I probably would be lucky to get it on once in 10 if we're being really? totally yeah. honest. It's not hard. It's only. How far, out, 
Am I playing from the professional tees? Because I, I could almost guarantee I'm not getting it on. I th- I'm pretty sure the professional tees are only like 140, 145. Is it only 145? I, yeah, I think it's a pretty short hole. Okay. Yeah, still, though, my ball is not staying on that thing. Even if I hit it, it's just going to skip right off. Or Because you see some of those shots, too, where it looks like it's going to hang on there. And then it just keeps rolling and rolling, and then it slides right off that sucker. So I, I don't think I could get it on, not even in ten shots. Hmm. Oh, it's only 137 yards. Yeah, it's 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 not bad at all. Because at least three of my shots, like it's going to take me a while to get the kind of get my my scope down, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I have no confidence in hell. I can't even get on the par three at Iroquois. You think I'm going to be able to get on the freaking <laughs> Island green TPC sawgrass? Hell no. All right. Excuse for argument's sake. I'll just, I'll say five. Ooh, I'd, five I'd, I'd probably make you prove it for five. Okay. What about you? You get me on a TCP. <laughs> TCP, TPC, um, yeah, TCP. Yeah, I, it, on there. I think I could do it in seven. I think seven would be my number. Gotcha. No, no more, no less. No more, seven no less. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of sports going on. Obviously, our focus is on basketball. Roush, it is still spring football time as well. But uh, we'll, you know, news will be probably not going to get a ton of huge yeah, news. Yeah. Th- that's that. that's going to die down too because exactly. um, they're going on spring break after today. So. Oh, I wonder where they're heading. Um, Fort Lauderdale was always popular back in the old college days. I'm sure some of them are just, especially some of the old guys, they're, they're probably taking it easy. But, hell, now they got nil money. I bet they can go do some fun spring breaking. That's true, actually. Uh, Will Levis, before the season last year, he took that big, fancy trip. Probably right. paid for with, with nil money. Uh, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. Well, college spring break, that was always a good time it felt like school was pretty much over when spring break came around yeah yeah you're just mailing it in after that and especially in the the journalism stuff like for the tv class i think we only had two or three more newscasts after that where you're just you're really putting that thing in cruise control second i've told this story before but when you've done radio this long you're going to tell repeat stories so apologies to the people that have heard this before but i Second semester freshman year, living in the dorms, I I don't remember either. I had to drop a class. The class got dropped just because there weren't enough people in it. Something happened where a four-hour class got taken off my schedule, and I only had twelve hours. And this was twenty ten, so this was UK's first, you know, exciting March basketball season since two thousand and five. Uh, again, I'm a freshman in college. That was highly recommend, if you all know anybody that are students at UK, take a second semester 12-hour, have a 12-hour semester. 12-hour semesters in general are just great. I had, was, I had, was, I had a lot a of them. It, it was an absolute joke. When you're doing 12 hours, it does not feel like you are a student. It feels like you are just doing class as like a little side hobby. Like, oh, what I'm really doing is nothing. But every so often, I have a class that I need to get to. And I don't even think I had a job. I don't think I had had a job until my sophomore year. So I didn't have a job. 
I only had 12 hours. They were freshman classes as is, so they were just cake. It was all like 100-level classes anyways. Uh, that was a fun semester, Ralph. Yeah, at least when I was getting into my 12-hour ranges, it was later on, and I was doing a KSR stuff and then also had a paid job. So I was at least a little bit be- busier, but especially during the springtime, you get Keeneland in April. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And that it does – I don't know if, if you, any of you all read Freddie's piece on spring football back in his day, which he's doing more of that stuff, and it's just fun to – hear the realities of which they lived. It was it's just so much different than what it is now where football players, they were all living in the Kerwin Blanding complex, even the twenty one year olds, right? Like the even the old guys were. Um and they they were doing three hour practices where they had to full uh, you know, full pads, full tackling the whole time, doing goal line drill. Just sounds like hell. And how ticked off they all were watching the going by fraternity row and seeing those guys partying um, while they had to go to practice. Because there was a lot of, well, it's a nice day outside, so I'm just going to start drinking at one in the afternoon. Uh, ah, great times, great times. There was, there was also a great line in Freddie's story where their, their curfew was lax on Fridays in the spring, even though they had practice Saturday mornings. Said, yeah, that huddle smelled like a distillery on Saturday morning. <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, man. I bet there's some stories. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, fun first hour. We've got hour number two coming up. The Batcats continue to do well, which is exciting. Taking Are they good? Many people are wondering. Taking care of business. That's right. All right we're going to embrace debate when we return for hour two. Are the Batcats good? And more importantly, we've got some injury updates. As UK prepares for their SEC tournament run late tomorrow evening, we've got some updates of what the roster is going to look like. You're not going to want to go anywhere, and we've got the Thornton's text line, which is always a blast. We've not forgotten about trivia. It's just our schedules have been weird with my weekend getaway, and now Roush is out and uptown, and uh, we're going to get back to it when we get back into a more normal routine. So don't think that we've forgotten about trivia. We love trivia. Uh, we're gonna, we love Kentucky Roll Call, too. And that's why we're going to do a whole another hour of it. When we return, hour two, TJ Walker. Oh, Crash look out. We'll see you then. Yeah, they ain't going down till the sun comes up. They ain't giving in till they get enough. Go around the world in a big old truck. Over? You say over? I heard the family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Dick Roush, Justin Taylor. Thursday morning, conference championship week. Kentucky will arrive in Nashville today if they're not already there, but I think today is is the time that they should be getting there, and they should be able to go through a walkthrough and a little bit of a practice and get ready for whoever they play tomorrow, and we won't know that till uh, around midnight tonight, the winner of Vanderbilt versus LSU, which... 
interesting situation for Kentucky that we discussed yesterday and everybody's been talking about all week that, hey, looks like you're going to get a revenge game against Vandy. UK has been hot, hot, hot lately, but the one team that was able to very weirdly and head-scratchingly knock them off was Vanderbilt at Rupp Arena on senior night, Stackhouse's first win against Calipari. And people have talked about how you're going to get, you can get revenge. You can, you can, you can write that wrong in Nashville. Vanderbilt's getting a very similar situation. They've been very hot lately and they have risen up bracketologies. They're not currently projected in the tournament, but they're on that next four out, first four out. They're knocking on the door. They are within striking distance. And while they've been very hot, the one team that slipped them up was a really weird game to LSU. And so they will play LSU in a little bit of a revenge game tonight. We'll see if they can get the revenge. I would expect that they do. And then that would mean they would get Kentucky tomorrow. Or the Cats will get LSU, who played Kentucky very close in one of UK's first SEC games of the season. UK was able to get a narrow win thanks to that double clutch three from Jacob Toppin that you may have forgotten about. Uh, it was an ugly shot, but it did go in, and UK was able to get the win. LSU only won one game after that, and that was against Vanderbilt. Uh, they have been horrible for most of SEC play, most of conference play. Uh, now, half their season was good, half of it was bad. Uh, I was a little surprised they beat Georgia last night, for being honest. But we'll find out who they play. Any preference, Roush? Do you want the revenge game against Vanderbilt or just make it easy as possible to bring on LSU? I'm uh, I'm I'm indifferent. I think it would be getting LSU on uh, trying to win their third game in a row. You're not going to surpass your SEC win total at the SEC tournament. Um, so give me the easiest uh, path forward possible. I'm I'm totally fine with it if it's LSU. Um, but like if they end up playing Vandy, they should beat Vandy as well. Um, they'll just have to be a little bit more on top of their P's and Q's. But, um, yeah, yeah, either or, but I would take the easiest route possible with LSU. Geox Tigers, I'm right there with you. I would much rather they're, – they're, you can you can get nice – like, first off, the Vandy win isn't going to really move the needle for you Correct. a great deal for NCAA tournament. So, if it's not like you could – Put a nice notch in your belt by beating them. Uh, you'd be playing a desperate Vanderbilt team that would have to beat you to get in the tournament. And if they did, if Vandy beats Kentucky on Friday, Vandy probably would be in the tournament. They probably yeah. would be the last team in, would be my guess. They'd probably be the last team in or the second to last team in if they beat UK. I would rather not have to deal with that. Like, I, you know, Kentucky should be able to beat Vanderbilt. They should be motivated to beat Vanderbilt. They should be hungry in that game, too. But that would be a pretty intense game with Vanderbilt feeling like their life's on the line, with UK wanting a win, wanting some redemption, uh, and probably, you know, hopefully being just the better team. So, yes, I'd like to avoid that if possible. But it, that's my guess with what happens. And when it does, then bring it on, Vandy. Send your Jerry Stackhouse butt home. So, co SEC coach of the year, Jerry Stackhouse. Suck it, Jerry. Um, did you did you catch any of the fever last night, TJ? Did you did you watch any of the action? What? No, I did not. Oh man, well you missed a lot of fever. There, there, there was a surprising turnout for that Wednesday night. Usually it's 
kind of a ghost town, but some of the pictures, I was like, man, this is actually a surprisingly good turnout. It was got a nice little cover from South Carolina. I got them at plus six and a half. They lost by six. So that kind of, uh, that, that was a nice save on my part because I, I thought Georgia was just a better team than LSU. I can't believe they lost that game. But, well, um, Kentucky White, never lost to Georgia. That was pretty bad. Mike White, just not a, not a you know, not a great coach. No. Kind of, yeah. No. Uh, wonder what SEC job he's going to take over next. Um, he's probably going to do what Robert and I is doing. Um, if you don't know Robert and I, he was the Virginia offensive coordinator two years ago. Ago, then he went to Syracuse, and now this year he'll be at NC State. So, yeah, tour day ACC for Robert and I. Mike White should should try to accomplish the same. Maybe maybe he can t- fill in Chris Beard's shoes once he leaves Ole Miss like three years from now. Not bad. Yeah, that could work. I don't, I, Roush, I heard a nasty little rumor about the SEC tournament. Really? What was that? That they don't let you take your beer to your seats. You have to drink it in the concourse. That's the, what are you see? That oh. would be the dumbest thing ever. Like that would be one of the dumbest little rules you could possibly come up with. What is the point of that? that? Was there, I know there was somebody there last night and. I said I was going to look for him on TV, but I never turned it on. So, uh, oops. But that's what I had heard that you had to, you could, you can get alcohol, you can drink alcohol, but you have to drink it from the concourse unless you have like these premium seats or that he wasn't 100% sure exactly how you could get around it. But what the heck? That's. Why do we do such dumb things as you? Like, why do we do something that's just so dumb? And like, I, know the, I know the ushers aren't the ones like that are making these rules and they are just the ones enforcing it. But I'd almost just want to be like to the usher. What are you like? What? Why? What is the difference between me walking down five feet and sitting with my beer versus me having to stand up here with my beer? And they would say, I didn't make the rule. I, yeah, I agree with you. And who did? Who made this dumb rule? They need we need names. That's got to be the only explanation. Does it have something to do with TV? Near the court, we just want you to get loaded up there, and then you come down here and just be obnoxious. Would it have something to do with TV, like not wanting that being shown on TV? Yeah, I don't understand. That'd be really dumb because when UK played at Tennessee and when they play multiple road games, you see students that are just like chugging these tall 29-ounce beers. That would have to be some sort of weird rule that would have – been grandfathered in from because you the the sec tournament was the og spot to you could drink beer there before you could drink beer at any sec venue um so maybe it's just a rule they never updated but that would be that i I hope that is not true I'll, i'll i'll have to watch a ksr investigation we've got enough people down there they can they can they they can get a definitive answer on this. Yeah, find out the whole story because it, they it seemed like there maybe were some spots you could do it, but where he was at, it was it, no chance in France that you were going to be able to take your beer to your seat, which is just so dumb, so dumb. So like Matt and his buddies would get uh, a suite, and I you you could you know indulge there, eat what you know whole nine yards, and it was no big deal. But that was a sweet area. So if it is different, that's ridiculous. 
Because it's not like there's a bunch of, I don't remember a bunch of easy standing room seats at Bridgestone where you can just, you know, kind of belly up and watch the game from a, a bar like area or something, you know? No, I think, like, the way I remember it, you probably would just be watching on a TV. Like, you'd have your beer in the concourse watching on a TV, which makes you wonder why even go to the game. Exactly. There would be, it would, yeah. Um, I mean, the beers are probably cheaper inside Bridgestone than at some of those honky-tonks, but still. TJ, would you want Kentucky to stay the way it is or get beer and you could only drink it in the concourse? I mean, obviously, you'd rather, like, You'd rather have some than none, but it's still a dumb, it, it's still a nonsensical rule that isn't based in any sort of science or reality or anything like that. But yes, you should be able to get what drink of a uh, drink of your choosing, and you should be able to take it where you'd like, aka your seat <laughs> that you paid for. <laughs> so stupid. All available concessions in the arena. But supposedly some drinks are not available for those seats. So just it, it is hard to wrap your brain around how dumb some of these rules are. It has nothing to even do with alcohol. It's just why would you be allowed to take a Coke to your seat but not a beer? In what, in what world? Why would yeah, it make make, would make no sense. Shame on Rupp Arena uh, making in the KHS AA. Making high school students pay $21 for tickets to the Sweet 16? Oh, that you're surprised by that? That's the most, like, KHSAA thing I've ever heard. Of course they're going to charge you just as much. It's the biggest money maker of the year. If you want to make the the adults pay that, that's still a little expensive. I mean, still a little expensive. But students, give me a break. It needs to be free for students. It needs to be a student ID. It, mm. Encourage all the students at mm. all these schools to live a little, not have to worry about class, have fun, make memories with their friends, and go to Rupp Arena. And $21 could keep some people away. It, to- even if it keeps one person away, that's too that's expensive for a, a yeah, 16-year-old. That is, but if you went to any district games, it was $10 to get in. So... I mean that was that was for everybody. Like that, I I understand this is the the money making time of the year. You got to make some of it, but I, I, at least charge them half price what, for the students. What percentage of the students are actually using their own money? When I was their age, I would get money from mom and dad. But what if people didn't have that privilege, Scoots? I mean, yeah, yeah that's I, th- what, I that's think my, most of them do, though. That's my point, though. <laughs> I, I guarantee eighty five percent of these students that are having to get into these games are getting money from their parents. Yeah, but there may be some parents that are like, "I'm sorry, don't have twenty one dollars to." Uh, you know, we got twenty one dollars, but we've got six kids now. I've got to worry about gas. You know, you you've got to travel to Rupp Arena. Some places, you know, it's two three hours. Twenty one dollars for a student to go to a, a basketball game to watch their classmates is ridiculous. Well, that is ridiculous. Yeah, they're watching their classmates play in the coolest basketball atmosphere they have. Let's make it cheaper and easier. Surely the, the surely the students that are in that situation, though, are the ones with jobs because they know they need to help their family out. <laughs> I think we... I think Scoots, pro, though, pro is looking... Pro-expensive ticket Scoots. I didn't expect Scoots to have that take today. I'm not necessarily pro-expensive tickets, but I'm just saying it's not the students' money that they're spending. So who cares? The, the, the part for me is that I think that when they get buses, they charge them a very small amount. Like, you should be able to travel to and from 
and be able to eat something at the game for 25 or less. Agreed. Like that, that that should be the full days. It should be twenty five total dollars. But the problem is, it's twenty one just to get in the door. It's ten to eat something and get a drink, and then well, yeah. I mean, if you're that was gonna be the next thing. Is soft drinks are nine dollars there? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nine dollars. This, this is this is. I'm telling you, Scoots. This is how like the KHSAA. This is how they make all their money. They're very the. <laughs> Scoots, I got some bad news about how much it costs to park, too. Hit me. Oh, yeah, that's outrageous. You, you can't park in the actual parking lots there. You can yeah, park you can find else. three spots if you want to walk a country mile. But, Scoots, that's the whole point. It's just, it, it adds up. It's not just the $21 yeah. ticket. You're having to do this. You're having to do yeah. that. And it's just not overly realistic for a lot of high school students. And you're right. Mom and dad can help out in a lot of instances. Hopefully, in all instances, that could be the case. But it's But it's not. So, uh, and it, it, that's like what makes Rupp Arena so cool. You, like Roush said yesterday, you get people from all parts of the state coming together. It's a celebration of basketball, which Indiana and Kentucky are, are the two states that really take pride in their basketball. And it's a cool event. You want as many people there as possible. And if $21 tickets are keeping anybody away, especially students, uh, especially, especially students, that needs to be changed. It, it is kind of ridiculous. And it makes me wonder not only just at the high school level, but collegiately, you got the professional ranks as well. Do we ever see a cap on like ticket prices, concession no. prices, all that? Are they just going to go up for the rest of the time? The, the part that's frustrating in this, Scoots, is that um, you expect this from you, college athletics, where it's basically pro sports, right? You, you expect it from the professional ranks. You don't expect there to be a potential price prohibited like that, that it's just too costly to go to but that's uh they're in the business of making money at khsaa no matter what they'll tell you um so it that that, that part is uh frustrating um i i hate to uh barge in with uh some breaking news but we have a little bit of breaking news for it, it could really hurt the feelings of one of our co-hosts here breaking from news from Diana Rossini, in the wake of an extensive in-person meeting between Aaron Rodgers and New York Jets brass, including the owner, there's optimism that New York is on the brink of landing the future Hall of Fame quarterback. That, so that's she, that, that's the report me, before the report. Despite me never having tweeted her, she has me blocked, so that may explain why I'm not uh, seeing news that to tweet you. anywhere. Um, what, do we, what do we think about? I, I just don't get it. Like, I'm totally – it's tough to have this take without it coming off sounding like sour grapes. <laughs> if, if, he, if he goes back to Green Bay, I'm cool with that. If he leaves Green Bay, I'm cool with that as well. I really am fine with whatever does happen. I just don't get – and like, somebody will have to explain it to me how the Jets make sense at all. They are young, and they are talented, not the youngest or the most talented – but they're like they're a solid team. You could, if you wanted to say that they have a better outlook for the next year or the next two years than the Packers, I'm I'm not gonna. That's not where I'm gonna spend my time arguing. But you're gonna go to a division where you're instantly not the best quarterback. You're gonna go to a division where you don't have the most talented team. Maybe not the they're, second most talented. Yeah, team. I, they're the second best team if he's on that team. Right. I don't. I don't know. I yeah. Make a case I think so. The Dolphins have more talent across the board than the Jets. 
Now, you, now, if you're saying that like Aaron Rodgers puts them like you know, but I think yeah, close, but he puts them over the top, then that's fine. But it's still close. It's still within the conversation. And then you look at the rest of the AFC, and you look at the rest of the quarterbacks, and you look at a potential playoff road where you could potentially have to go Joe Burrow, Josh Allen for the third time in the season, and then Patrick Mahomes just to get to the Super Bowl. Like you couldn't get past Russell Wilson and. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, like you, you were having a tough time getting past Jimmy G in the in the NFC. So it doesn't. Aaron Rodgers playing football makes total sense to me because he's set to make a buku amount of dollar bills for throwing a pigskin around. So I understand why he still wants to play, and I understand that maybe the Jets have a little bit better of an outlook. But moving to the AFC and the AFC East, that doesn't make well, any sense to me. But I think part of it is, um, I, I, I think part of it is, he just wants out. They're not going to send him anywhere to the NFC. So, you know, because because really the most this place that would make the most sense is going somewhere to the NFC South. But they're not going to send him to one of those teams. So I, I, I think it's kind of just the the hand you're dealt. What's the best possible option out of these AFC teams? And this one probably makes the most sense. It, 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 from an offensive standpoint, he'd have Garrett Wilson and uh, Elijah Moore, who I, I think are solid wide receivers. Garrett Wilson's, I, you know, on his way. I think to to stardom, um, but having a really good defense in place, Robert Salah, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they moved on from him. But there for a while, it, it would have been funny. But we'll fool. We'll, LaFleur's little brother was the Jets OC last year. He's since moved on to the Rams, but that would have been really funny if he just left one LaFleur brother for the other. I know why Aaron Rodgers is doing this. Because that's because that's what his hero, Brett Favre, did. He wants to follow the same career trajectory as Brett Favre. Mm. Uh, So we're we're like ten years away from him robbing poor people in Mississippi. Yep. Just keep your eye out on that. And by the way, TJ, watch yourself. I don't want you to get sued, buddy. By the way, TJ, you said that if he went to the AFC East, he would not be the best quarterback. I'm just wondering how that is because you said he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but now all of a sudden he's not even going to be the best quarterback in his division. Oh, wow! He got you. Bring out the Jones. Bring him out. Bring him out. Scoots, I just that's so sad, man. (laughs) He he got you. He got you, TJ. Scoots, he oh, at his gotcha. prime was the best person to ever throw a football. Much better than Josh Allen has shown. Much better than Dan Marino ever did. Steve Young, Joe Montana, <laughs> you, you name them. Aaron Rodgers better than them. But there is this thing called time, Scoots. You know how that works? Uh, barely, because I don't have any. Hey, <laughs> Scoots is on fire this morning. Uh, it, it ages people. And then when people get older, they're not as good anymore. And unfortunately, um, despite winning two MVPs, which was good, uh, last season, I think we, we got to see a good deal of time and its impact on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And he's no longer the best quarterback in the NFL. And I've said that repeatedly uh, multiple times. I just wanted to hear it again. <laughs> much better than whoever the Steelers will have a quarterback, and that's probably will be the case for them. Yeah, Ooh. right. Kenny Pickett's the future, know. man. You could have a 50-year-old Aaron Rodgers, and he'd still be better than whoever the Steelers quarterback is. No shot. Him. No shot. He's always been better than – for. when's the last time the Steelers had a better quarterback than the Packers? 
go back to the mid nineties, maybe. Uh, three years ago, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I will say last year, uh, there were there were some times watching Aaron Rodgers throw football. You're like, does this guy? He just looks so miserable out there. It was yeah. a combination. Like he still made some really really nice throws last season, but it was a little bit of a combination. I, I was more surprised by like. He just was holding on to the ball so long, and maybe it's because you didn't have Devontae Adams that was shaking things up in the secondary, and he was relying on a bunch of these young receivers or old man dinosaur Randall Cobb, and he had to hold on to it longer because the people just weren't getting open. But it was like, you were just going to get destroyed if you don't let go of this football, and then he was holding on to it long. I thought his decision-making was more concerning than like him throwing lame ducks, like Peyton Manning's last year in the NFL where – Yes, the, their team was dominant, but you could just tell, like, oh, man, he, st- he doesn't have it. I still thought he had it with zip and accuracy and stuff like that. Not as good, but it was some of his decision-making that I thought was just the weirdest thing this past season for Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I, if he goes, I'll, I'll, I'll be slightly bummed that it's just the end of an era, uh, but it'll probably be better for Green Bay's future to have him go. If he stays and you get him for one more year, then all right, cool. I'll hope it's better than this past season. One more ride. I'll be all right with it. I won't have any major high expectations, but you never know. NFL is kind of a weird league, but I guess my preference will be for Green Bay to get some value out of him and get rid of that contract so you can start kind of taking the rebuild. The next steps. Yes. Yeah. Well, so what's, what is it just the uh, Jordan Love? Yeah, I like Jordan, I like Jordan uh, Love. Uh, the fall of love. You know, it would be the funniest thing in the world just for comedic content is if Lamar Jackson ends up in Greenback. It could happen. if you, I mean, if you get enough assets. Um, also, though, Lamar does not strike me. I get it. He played in the AFC North. But seeing him in a snowy Green Bay, it just uh, feels, feels so wrong. How would you, you feel know? about that, TJ? I would not like it. I, I would not like it. I don't think. I don't think Lamar Jackson has the chops. I don't think you're ever going to see him host the Lombardi Trophy. I don't think he's ever going to win a Super Bowl. Um, I, so I don't. I don't want it to happen. I'd rather just kind of roll the dice with love, have plenty of money, and bring in some free agents, and just the NFC North isn't totally overbearing. You can be competitive in that division immediately. Not to the extent that you were, but you can be competitive immediately. If it did happen, though, like whatever, you, I, I it would at least be he's at least entertaining. He's fun to watch. He can make something out of nothing, and I would just find it hilarious to see the flock of U of L fans have to come on over to old TJ's Green Bay. And I know there's plenty of U of L fans that are Green Bay fans as well. But I'm talking more specifically in my friend group. It would just be. Uh, it'd be it'd be rich it'd be rich Roush. i'd have to give them cheese heads and i'd probably make my sunday watching experience a little bit more fun i'd have more packers fans to watch games with but i i don't want it to happen but from a content standpoint scoots if it did i wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad about it would espn louisville carry packers games see that's the funny thing <laughs> Oh man, I just love that thought that you're home of the Baltimore Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and then that bar in St. Matthew's called the Raven, they're gonna have to switch their name to the Packer now, unfortunately. 
You'll have, two well, Green oh, Bay yeah. bar, you'll have two Green Bay bars within a span of 50 feet from one another. This is very Louisville-centric. P- people forget that Molly Malone's and St. Matthews is actually called the Raven now because people I did until that. you said that. People <laughs> do forget that. Yeah, they're Ravens watch parties next year. It's just a ghost town. You see a tumbleweed go through the place. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> on the table. NFL, they're going to have a pretty fun offseason. All right, we need to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk. And uh, we're going to talk, we're going to bring up the Batcats, but then bring it back to UK basketball and the Thornton's text line. Remember to hit up Salsaritas today, two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive through out there on Shelbyville road, St. Matthew's beautiful interior, nice covered patio. Get out there, enjoy some outdoor time with delicious tacos, burritos, quesadillas, nacho, queso, hot, spicy salsa, and wildly addictive chips at Salsaritas. Download the app today and you'll save. We'll be right back. One final segment, Kentucky roll call coming up next. There's a crowd of people at a traffic jam. She don't look back. She ain't doing nothing wrong. Lord have mercy, baby's got her blue jeans on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment. You can feel like the most outstanding player when you go to ShadyRace.com for sunglasses. Polarized, beautiful, beautiful sunglasses for any and every need. Running, jogging, fishing, golfing, hunting, you name it, they've got it for you. Kids, women's, men's, sports, athletics, snow goggles, blue light glasses. Shady Rays has you covered over 200,000 five-star reviews, replacement pair promises, 30-day money-back guarantees, and promo code Big X for 25% off at checkout. Check out ShadyRace.com today. All right, Roush, the Batcats won again. woo They keep winning. Um, have not dropped a midweek game yet. and uh, Seven have- straight wins. Yeah, have won all of their series, including a sweep last weekend. So things are moving in the right direction. It, it's this is this is good. This is a nice baseline. This is where you want to see them at the start of the year. Um, but you know, there's still the the jury is still seemingly out um, because they haven't. You know, SEC plays where a lot of this stuff matters, right? Where things fall apart. But I, I think. The, the early signs uh, that are positive is they've when they've needed clutch hitting, they've delivered, and they seemingly have a pretty decent pitching rotation at this point. Uh, one thing that kind of got overlooked in their disaster last year was losing probably their best pitcher a couple weeks into the season. They really had time to adjust, but, you know, there's only so many good arms to go around, TJ. So. Yep, they are 11, what are they, 11-2 and two on the season. They've won seven straight. They haven't lost a series. Uh, this is what they should do. It's, mm-hmm. a, pretty, it's a pretty weak uh, schedule up to this point. So they're doing the things they should do. They hit the road, go to Southern Illinois. I can't imagine Southern Illinois. Kermendale, lovely this time of year. This warm this time of year. But uh, that's where the Caps will head. That will be a little bit tougher 
of a series for UK. Just keep winning series. Just keep mm-hmm. winning series. If this was a team that we thought was going to compete for Omaha, the expectations would be more sweeps. I don't, even, you know, I'm not even going to be too picky. Get the sweeps when you can get them, but at minimum, just take care of business in the series. They're doing those things so far. And at least if you keep taking care of business in the out-of-conference like you should, you can drop one here or there. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it at least will give us something to, to keep an eye on when SEC play rolls around, Roush. And I don't expect – I still – expectations for this team aren't going to be all that high. But, hey, just keep me interested. Keep me, keep me tagged along. And, and who knows? Again, if you can be competitive in the SEC and if you can kind of just keep your head above water, you're going to be an NCAA tournament team. The conference is too good not to give you that respect. So keep your head above water. Keep us engaged. Keep us involved. And maybe it'll give us something in the spring, Roush, to get excited about. It, it would be it'd be great. Just so, like you said, keep, keep winning. Keep stringing wins together. Um, glad they're off to a good start so far. Uh, meanwhile... Another program is they got more bad news about the Kentucky women's basketball team because Jada Walker. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't I feel like women's basketball is always going to be a sport that the portal is just it. it, it there's going to be a lot going in and out, but man, she Jada Walker was seemingly your one bright spot returning and. Now that she's gone, all of your contributors from the SEC championship team are out. And you've you're I mean, you're losing your best player. <laughs> like she was their best player this year. Blair Green, she's probably done. She went through senior day stuff. She could use another year, but doing the comp- complete rebuild year after year, it's just uh bad bad side. Bad side. No, I don't really get why like what is keeping Kyra Elsey at Kentucky. There hasn't really been. She's losing more talent than she's bringing in. Um, they, they've they've done some okay things in the transfer portal in terms of additions, but it seems like you've always lost more than you've brought in, or at least in terms of important, impactful pieces. And I, I just I don't understand it. There's no buzz within the program there's nothing really to get excited about there's no reason to think that it's going to get a lot better in the future uh, she's been pretty good at the sec tournament there and they won a couple games this year i was gone when it was going on so didn't didn't get a chance really to talk about it but it was nice that they were able to get a couple wins but it was still a terrible season it was a terrible season for every layer of measurement in terms of uh, Kentucky's women's basketball program isn't the bottom of the barrel. It's also doesn't have the success or the tradition that the men's program has, but it's somewhere in between. It should be a lot better. It should be a lot better. And similar to baseball, a lot of your rivals are overtaking you and significantly better than you are. And that shouldn't be the case. So I don't really understand the appeal um, she seems likable, you know, similar to Nick Mingione, seems like a good person, but this is a business and you need to be winning and there's not enough winning for UK women's basketball and losing in the transfer portal is not winning either. That would also be considered losing. That was a significant loss yesterday. So 
not 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 a great start to the offseason for the women's basketball program. No, they did announce somebody was going to be back. Um, whoever that was, but I'll tell you. Also, did you um, did you see that uh, OKD might miss the rest of the regular season after he sprained his ankle in warmups? That was terrible. Emma, Ki- Emma King, I did see that. Holy smokes, that is. He's just normal, kind of going up for a layup drill. Looks like he maybe hits a wet spot. And his ankle, I it mean, really, there's like still shots of it. It is not the way it's supposed to go. Uh, not yeah. the, the way, and no, no good. No good yeah. there from KD. So yeah. he's going to be out a long time? Yeah, could be the rest of the regular season. So oh I don't, God. yeah, I'm going to quickly look at the standings. I think the Suns are safely in. Yeah, they're they're the four seed right now, but you had this runway to sort of build a rapport. Like this is how we're going to operate with Kevin Durant and Phoenix, and you've just completely lost it. So, whew, that guy, dude, cannot. I mean, when was the last time he had a healthy season? That that's like everybody in the NBA. You know, I made fun of baseball players for getting injured, but uh, NBA mm-hmm. they have their fair share of people having to sit out. It is a long season though, but. That that's just bad luck. Um, yeah. I mean, all injuries. I guess you can make a case. By the way, Texas Tech, Mark Adams, their head coach, he is out. Officially uh, he quoted, fired. He quoted the Bible, and it was considered inappropriate and racially sensitive. Um, a lot of players supposedly said they will not be returning if he was back. Uh, but weirdly enough, they had one guy already leave after they announced that Chris Beard was gone. So one player did leave, and he was a UK target at one point. Roush? Uh, which one was that? Uh, Al Kameen Fareed, the guy from oh, Utah State. You remember Farquad, Lord Farquad. Yeah. Farquad, that's right. Yeah, he had a weird year. So the thing is, I have a feeling that old Mark Adams is Captain Hardass and – this they they were kind of just waiting for an opportunity to say no nah, we're not putting up with you anymore and this kind of because on its face the the quote that he used while it can be read in a certain light it, I don't I don't think it's just a one like that there what I'm saying is I feel like there's something more to this than just he had a bad poor out of context Bible quote delivery. I bet he is a jerk and that nobody wants to play for him and that probably played a bigger role in it. That's my guess. Yeah, it, probably. probably, And, you know, the biggest thing is Texas Tech wasn't winning. And yeah, yeah. it probably they, was. A lot of players dislike this dude. Maybe maybe he does take it too far. Maybe he's a total racist. I, I've got no idea. I don't know Mark Adams. Uh, but I bet if Texas Tech was competing for Final Fours like they were under Chris Beard, that that they probably would be able to kind of turn a blind eye to some of this stuff or just deal with it in-house or suspension or it, it wouldn't it wouldn't go so far. But yeah, you're 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 probably right. He's probably doesn't he's clashing with the players. There's no doubt about that. And he's not winning. So probably an easy move for Texas Tech. One thing we just need to put our foot down on. If you think Rick Patino is going to go move to Lubbock, Texas, get oh him. yeah, no what, chance. What are you all thinking? Come on, like yeah. Louisville at times was probably a little too po dunk for him. Um, he, was, he was tweeting yesterday about like eating dinner at Frank Sinatra's room or something like that. His special room at a restaurant or something. 
Like, he's not moving to Lubbock, Texas. He, it, yep. Rick Pitino needs a little bit more culture than that. No offense to the fine <laughs> folks of Lubbock. But you're so right, though. <laughs> you're exactly right. Like, what is – no. It's just – that's just not something that's going to be reality. Square peg, round hole. I mean, even Austin would be – I just can't imagine him going to a place like that. I think that Georgetown job, I think St. John, I, I still go back to St. John's. I think they're going to move on from Mike Anderson and he, that would be, that would be the, the top spot, but Georgetown, it's hard to not think that that could be a landing spot as well. It's got to be a right fit for Patino and he's going to have his options as well. Iona in the semifinals, you know, who's in the semifinals with him. I don't St. Peter's. St. Peter's. I don't think they play each other. I don't, I think they'd play in the championship. Could be wrong about that. But the Peacocks with some March magic again. We need Patino to win the Mac, so we can. We just need more Rick Patino and March Madness. Yeah, we get. Uh, oh wait, no, they're not in the Mac. Yeah, they're both. They're Mac. No, I, I don't think they are. No, they are. I I will bet a lot, any amount of money that they're both in the Mac. Oh, okay, never mind. My bad. You are right yeah. about the Mac. Uh, they they're they're alternating their days. So like I saw today that the Mac had Quinnipiac and Siena, and I was like, okay, well if Iona's in the, if they're playing, they're still alive. They're alternating their days. So and that's probably because they play at home courts, right? Is that I is guess? That, I guess. Yeah. So like Iona doesn't play again until Friday. Gotcha. And they don't know who they're playing yet. Some of these conference tournaments are weird, but eh, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to follow. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, best of luck in the MAC to Iona and Rick Patino. We need him to win just so we can get this MAC to, to Saint, stick Saint around. St. Peter's can can suck it. Uh, Texter says, with Nick's take of b-ball tournament and saying basketball outside of Louisville is not good, I'm going to root against the seventh region. You'll need to also root against the sixth region as well. Yes, because there's 36 schools in Louisville or in the surrounding areas. 32, actually. Texter says, Salt Lake Brian here, TJ equals Jerry. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. A texter says, little scoop here, Western Kentucky supposedly getting rid of Stansberry in our talks with Will Wade, trying to raise money behind the scenes. Oh, man, that would be, like, I love Stansberry's honest reaction. You're, re- you're replacing me with that cheater? Are you kidding me? Oh, man, they did get a win, though. I, I mistakenly said that they lost their final game of the season. I only scored 37 points. They did win one game in the Conference USA tournament, but um, – Stansbury has been underwhelming. He he got some talent there, but they lost either I think it was two straight conference tournament final games. Never punched an NCAA tournament ticket, and that's it's ultimately going to cost him. I, hey, don't they're not done yet. They're not dead yet. I still think that they may make a run here. Uh, mm. But Will Wade at Western Kentucky would be a great hire if you're Western Kentucky. I would bring him in instantly and enjoy probably some winning results from it. By the way, Mike Rutherford of the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big Exports Radio from three to six, he just flat. This is like this was I thought pretty significant news that maybe should make more headlines. But he basically said, "Watch out for U of L getting Davion McKnight from Western Kentucky." Uh, and he sounded very confident that that was going to happen. Now, Western's still playing games, so <gasps> tampering. 
Uh, no, I'm only kidding. This stuff goes on everywhere. And Kentucky's already reached out to a Harvard grad transfer. We can spend more time on that tomorrow, potentially. But McKnight to Louisville would be really interesting. I'm pretty sure he's their leading scorer. I think he averages 16 or 17 points a game. And that dude is impossible to stay in front of. He can get by any and everybody. Uh, he really, like, I'm not, I don't want to say the best I've ever seen because that's certainly hyperbole. But for that level of basketball, I don't know if I can ever remember a guard that is tougher to stay in front of. Now, the issue is, Scoots, you could lose your right hand and you'd probably be a better shooter than, than McKnight is. He is not a great shooter whatsoever. You can play off of him a pretty good deal. But even still, he finds ways to get to the rim. So that'd be a nice addition for Kenny Payne and UofL. Not like go to a Final Four good addition, but, you know, win more than five games, good addition. So that'd be a nice get for them. Uh, keep Something to keep an eye on. The transfer portal already hot and heavy, and it's only going to heat up more and more as more seasons come to a close over the next few days, over the next week, and, and as March progresses. So uh, I, th- I found that interesting from old Rutherford. Yeah, uh, they just need somebody that can dribble, though. So even if he can't shoot, it doesn't matter. Just any person that can dribble, they, they will happily take. Yeah, uh, weird. Only having one guard on the roster didn't uh, didn't work out. <laughs> By the way, Kentucky has reached out to Chris Ledlam, uh, who is from Harvard. He's kind of a swing, undersized, big, if you will. This, to me, Roush, seems a little bit like Chris Livingston insurance. Um, if he goes, I think Kentucky just wants another body there. I think it'd be a solid addition. Do I think it ends up happening? No, probably not. There will be other names, and Kentucky's got other people that they were probably keeping an eye on. But you just want to touch base with targets that you think there's a possibility with. So there's a name, Chris Ledlam. Uh, he's he's heard from pretty much everybody, Kentucky included. But I, I look at him as a little bit of Chris Livingston insurance. If Chris leaves, they're going to want to probably fill that swing 3-4 spot and they'll look for some experience to do just that. What I found interesting is I thought we had a transfer portal window for all the sports now, but apparently it was just football. So uh, I I thought this was going to take a little bit longer, but nope. Uh, Conference tournament's barely underway, and we've already got the portal popping. So, uh, yeah, I'm not reading a ton into it early on because there's plenty of those. Kentucky has reached out to, I mean, because that's what you should do. You should – We'll get more of them for sure. Yeah. Jim Baham has officially been pushed out. Kudos to Syracuse by taking five years to make that decision. That's like, we think that sometimes things can get ugly at UK and back and forth and disagreements with the fan base. What was going on at Syracuse? Because I would have been sounding the alarm many, many years ago that this is not fun and this has gotten stale and it's not good. Syracuse should have some basketball expectations. You don't get 35,000 people to games every now and then without having some sort of expectations. Uh, but it had been bad for a long time. So good good, good day for Syracuse, although just hiring somebody that could just be a Jim Beheim clone, uh, head-scratching, or nose-picking for Jim Beheim's sake. Because he picks his nose. He does pick his nose. That's correct. People forget that. What's your all's opinion on the new ruling that any student-athlete can transfer into any district without having to sit out a year for high school athletics? Do you all agree? I didn't see so- that. Yeah, I texture the most recent news story I have on anything like this is yes, they must wait. Any student who transfers from one district to another will be ineligible to participate for one year. Um, that was from July of 2022. So I don't think that's happened, and I don't think it will happen because 
Uh, in Florida, it's the wild, wild west. Um, ultimately, the the transferring situation is uh, frustrating that there is such a trickle down effect, but it's not. It's not like Dakota Uton and Chad Jackson weren't doing it back in 2005, right? Um, I, I, my whole thing, TJ, is I just don't want to see like the kid that UK signed from St. Thomas Aquinas, Javon Brown. Dude was at three high schools in three years in Florida. He he probably wasted a year or two just like bouncing around because he, you're just you're just not getting developed by good coaches. And I, I I don't want Kentucky to turn into Florida. So while to an extent. It, it, you should have the freedom to move around and transfer once or something. If you're going year by year and you can just go any district all willy nilly, then that's that's a little silly. Um, but to act like kids aren't transferring already um, is 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 also being naive. This next texture on the Thornton's text line, uh, Roush, I know you had some comments about this. He's got to love some fans pulling the race card about fans questioning Kenny's ability as a head coach, all because he's African-American, a classic example of sensitivity of this generation. Roush, you said you wanted to take that one. Yeah. Um, no, it was actually the next one. Oh, the next okay. Text. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is this one? Uh, who do you gents like tonight? The March Madness spree of gambling starts tonight. Have good feeling about Arkansas at the money line. Woo! Uh, I do. I like the board today, which is scary with how ice cold I've been as of late. Hey, Scoots, how about Kansas only being a three-point favorite against West Virginia? The defending national champions, number three team in the country. They've got like double the amount of quad wins as – They've got like 15. I think the next is 11, but then there's a big group of teams at like seven and eight. They've had an incredible season. They're only three-point favorites against West Virginia in a game that I think is in Kansas City. That tells me to bet West Virginia is what that tells me. You're playing into the stink. I love it. Yeah. I'll play right in it. I agree. It's a really, really stinky line. So there's something there. Texter, I like Arkansas to beat Auburn really badly. I'm actually going to make that probably my big bet of the day. Uh, go heavy there on the Hogs. Uh, by the way, the Kansas line's up to four and a half, so just wanted to give you an update. also love Tennessee giving 11 and a half. I think they put Ole Miss out of their misery and win by like 20 or so. They are a little shorthanded, so that's a big number for a shorthanded team. Well, be careful with that one, but I like Tennessee as well. Yeah, I'm um... – uh, I, I'm I'm not betting Tennessee to score enough points to cover big numbers. Uh, that offense stinks. Yeah, but Ole Miss stinks too. People forget that. People forget that. One texter says, "Baseball sucks, Scoots. It's so long and boring." That's what she said. <laughs> not to me. It was an oral agreement. She's got some work to do to fulfill her side of said agreement. Uh, grow up, texter. A texter says, "I know you guys can't read well, this aloud." <laughs> I love when a text starts like that. Yeah, you're right. We can't read it aloud. <laughs> oh, man. Um, John, on here. <laughs> Thursday morning, ladies and gentlemen. By gosh, it's one more day, and you know what day it is. I have a feeling we will be playing LSU tomorrow, not Vandy. LSU has the winner against Vandy in the regular season by a score of 84-77. to 77. Either way, Vandy or LSU has no chance. We will be on the fringe of a full strength, and that is catastic. 
guys, I'm just going to say it. I believe we are the best team in college basketball now, and that we'll know we will be healthy. Hey, Justin, I got a friendly wager for you. I bet 25 big ones on Kentucky goes further in the big dance than your Hoosiers. So if you're game, let me know in the words of Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. We'll got to go talk to you later. Wow, he's your Huckleberry. John, you take it down to 20, and you're in. We're on. Oh, oh Scoots is scared. No, no, no. No, that, that has nothing to do with being scared. I just want a nice – I'm OCD. I want a nice little even number. 20 bucks. 20 bucks, John. You're in. Y'all make better y'all make better sheep than chickens for what it's worth. If we lose to Vandy, that could make the win at Vandy a quad one win. Like the way I, you I, think. That's some next level thing in there. White text, but Rogers is a California guy. Is he a glutton for punishment? Isn't he sick of cold weather yet? I bet he'd look thrilled in a dome. That's a good point. I, I think all Rogers cares about is like, I just, you know what? I just want to get all this money. I just, because his contract is very favorable. It's a nice contract. Uh, so, like, I think he really did think, do I want to retire? And then he thought, no, of course I don't. Like, look at this money. I'm going to play. I don't really care where it is. I just, I don't. I think he probably just wants to make sure he's not getting hit. Uh, wants to make sure he's going to have a good offensive line. And then besides that, whatever. All right, who's Kentucky playing tomorrow? Is it LSU or Vandy? Vandy. It's going to be Vandy. Yeah, yeah. I also agree it's going to be Vandy. Uh, any any major upsets you all are taking? Scoots is taking West Virginia. Are you going to do money line or just the points? Uh, give me the points, yeah. Okay. Uh, i got to dive into the board a little bit more. Same. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, by the yeah. way, UCLA major injury uh, with Clark out there. Yep, their defensive player of the year. Yeah, their the best defender, I think second leading scorer. They still have got Campbell, their point guard, and they still have Haquez. So they're, they're still going to be a threat. But if they're going to be a one seed, it may be a one seed you want to circle. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Game day edition of Kentucky Roll Call as UK starts its SEC tournament journey. It's March postseason journey. And we're going to be up at 7 a.m. to talk about it. We hope you join us. Thanks for the text in the show today. Everybody have a great Thursday. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Mama must have been a